Yay, episode 80. Yes. And you have Happy a Happy anniversary. Oh, it is. 80. Happy anniversary because oh. uh, March 2nd, 2013 was oh. our very first episode. Oh, I see. So we are looking at our three year anniversary. Indeed. Well, awesome. All right. And someone has a bike, right? Someone bought a new bike. I did. I out. bought a new motorcycle. Let's start there. There are some there are some other things going on. We'll just kind of roll with it as we go because we didn't make a really big list. Um, I bought a 2005 Bonneville T100. Very nice. And uh, her name is Creamsicle because the, the colorway on that particular bike mm -hmm. is uh, orange and cream. Hmm. So when I look at it, I think, first of all, badass, and second, creamsicle. <laughs> so, mm. so if I actually wanted to spend the money on vanity plates, I would totally name it creamsicle and, you Why know, not? yank out some of the vowels. Ah, I just... It's, $30. It's, uh, it's a little bit more expensive here, but... Um, $35? Yeah, but it's just not, you know, not my thing. So... She's uh she's lovely. She's in amazing shape for being an eleven year old motorcycle. Nice. Uh, and uh, and I took her out for um, well I've ridden her a bit, but she's finally titled, plated, insured, legal. Took her out for a maiden voyage. Um, got a lot of attention from the uh, the local motorcycle crew that I ride with, mm -hmm. and um, also got hit on by a couple of women. So apparently <laughs> that motorcycle is a chick magnet, but I'm not a lesbian, but I have options apparently. So if I, well, if I need to, you know, be a pinch hitter or something, I've got options. So awesome. Well, dare I say that bike falls a little bit too towards the hipster crowd, just a little bit. It might, but you know. All I know is the guys that I was with after the couple of women that talked to me said, are you together? No, no, we're not. Okay, then. And then they just roll out into their spiel. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. And uh, and the guy that I was with was like, and I feel emasculated because the, the girl was just like, yeah, it's so awesome. Your bike's better than theirs. And just <laughs> funny. That's funny. <laughs> really funny. So um, that was a good evening. Rode her home. Where'd and you then, find it? Uh, through Mickey. I mean, was it in California? So, so my friend, yes, yeah. California. So my friend, uh, Mickey Cohen, who runs Mickey Cohen Motorsports. He's oh. a mechanic, professional tuner. Cool. Um, lots and lots and lots of people call him their mechanic. Uh, I wouldn't say mostly for Triumph because he pretty much works on everything. But nice. he's had a hand in, in making the average bike go much faster, and especially on bikes that have been used out at Bonneville Salt Flats. So he does have the touch. And I told him I was looking for that particular year in a T100, and I kind of liked that that color scheme. And lo and behold, he shook loose one of his clients that was looking to sell and connected the two of us. So Very nice. That's how that happened. And then, of course, the um, the official welcome to the new owner that is myself when I got home on... Wednesday night, I, um, I, the parking, the little carport that I have now has three motorcycles squeezed in it. <laughs> and, uh, so if you're looking for a 2009 F650 GS BMW, please give me a call. Um, and when I was parking, I wanted to keep it as close to the BMW as possible so that I could cover them all up because it was going to rain. And sadly, when I was putting the kickstand down, um, Long story short, my weight shifted before the kickstand got down because I was kind of with the bike at an angle already. The bike went over with me <laughs> in the top of the driveway. Um, and Oops. the way that my driveway, since now I, I joined the happy bunch of people who have all dumped their motorcycle oh. at my house. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, I had held out for the longest time, but two of my lovely girlfriends <laughs> have uh, enjoyed my driveway. Um I have a concrete slab in the back that's raised up about six inches, and then I have dirt beneath. So um, before I was able to get the kickstand down on the concrete, bike went over, lost my balance, and uh, 
you know, typical, uh, I'm such an idiot and this is my brand new motorcycle moment, except for the fact that because it was near the edge of the pavement, when it went over, it went off the pavement. So it didn't just lay flat on the ground. It went almost inverted in the dirt. So Soft landing. Yes and no. The tail, the exhaust did, uh, the exhaust in my shifter did land on the concrete, but the handlebar landed on the dirt. The only problem was that if you are thinking what I think you're thinking when I'm describing this scenario, the bike is almost inverted, which means it's impossible for one or two people to upright it. So at like two o'clock in the morning, I'm staring at this motorcycle. <laughs> And I turn the pet cocked off and I'm thinking, well, um, this is really soul crushing right now and embarrassing. And my ego, if it even existed before this moment, definitely has shriveled up into a, a tiny, tiny snowflake. But um, I can't do anything at the moment. I can't do anything. I'm not going to call the fire department. I'm not going to call 911. Um, let those guys sleep and then I'll just worry about it in the morning. And so I went to sleep thinking that I could actually sleep, but I spent the next four hours just laying there like, I can't believe I did this to my motorcycle. <laughs> and um, so the next morning I wake up and drive over to the nearest fire station, which is like a mile and some change away. And I knock on the door, walk in there, um, basically say, yeah, so I don't even know if you guys can help me, but this is kind of like one step above my kitty is in a tree. <laughs> I dumped my bike and it's over far enough so that it's not 180. It's more like 270 almost. And I really need help picking her up. And so I think three guys would be perfect. And no, I didn't go to the police. I went to the fire department so because those guys, I think, have a, a little bit more of the... Um, the muscle to to make that job happen. So sure enough, uh, about 15 minutes later, they came by the house because that shift was checking out of the house. So I was just kind of like a gratuitous end of shift uh, assist. And they came into the backyard, grabbed the bike, popped it up. <clears throat> we chatted a little bit and uh, off they went. I uh, knocked off some dust, broke the taillight assembly, went and proceeded to buy a new taillight assembly, took the fender apart, took the wiring harness off, was all ready to reinstall, and then looked at it and said, damn it, Mickey, this is the wrong taillight assembly because it's the part number is one number off. So I have the bike apart in my driveway, and now I'm going to have to basically ride it down to uh, to his shop. Which I think he wanted me to do the entire time, to be honest. But I really wanted to just install the damn lights myself and figure out whether or not I have done anything else wrong to it. I honestly have not gotten out. Um, I've been working on other stuff. And um, I need to start her up and just go through the gears and make sure that the shifter's okay. But I kind of wanted to let all the fluid settle. <laughs> And my ego maybe just unbruise itself just slightly before I realize there might be worse things than a couple of taillight breaks and a scratch. So, yes, it's true. I still do stupid shit after, let's see, nine years of riding. Well, who doesn't? Happens, happens to everybody. It's a moment of humility, but... Uh, yeah, needless to say, yesterday I baked a baked a pineapple upside down cake, which my coworker thought <laughs> how ironic, and I was like, you know, that really wasn't what I was thinking when I decided to bake a pineapple upside down cake. But I see where you're going with that. Um, I did that, and I put together a big bag of uh, mixed greens because when they were leaving, they complimented my mad gardening skills, and one one of the uh, firemen in particular was just really like, whoa, this is great. I would totally put this in my smoothie. You know, I, I totally put kale in my smoothies, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, ah, sweet. So I brought that stuff by the firehouse yesterday, and they are pretty stoked. So if I have any other moments that require brawn outside of my element, uh, I, I think I definitely have some friends over there, and they will definitely take food bribes. Nice. So you didn't call 911. You just went and oh, drove no. over there. No, 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 no. 
No, because see, here's the deal. First of all, it's not an emergency, so right. I'm not going to clog up the line. Right. And second, at two thirty in the morning, uh, they're probably sleeping, and if they're not on a call, and and nothing's going to change physically with the motorcycle between two thirty a.m. and like seven a.m. Like right. there is no looming threat. I I looked at it and I was like, all right, three points of contact, my shifter, the exhaust, and the handlebar. There's really nothing I can do here. So I, you know. Tried to snooze, woke back up early in the morning, drove over there, did not call, did not call 911, just drove over there and asked, mm. I don't even know if you guys could do this, could you? And I was really nice about it, and sure mm. enough, they came over. Well, why wouldn't they? I'm sure people call them for less. <laughs> Probably. But you know, uh, when a really, really hot woman walks in and says, I need some help with my motorcycle, I think they're all excited to say, I'll help. No, yeah. I'll help. Yeah, sadly, I didn't hit the uh, the fire department with a bunch of hot single dudes. Um, I that might have been the one a little bit further, but honestly, when I'm thinking about help, the last thing I'm going to do is like, oh, well, hold on, we've got this fire department here. Um, we got that fire department. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm just thinking the nearest one, they're going to be more amenable to say yes. Because it. it's not too far out of the way. But funny enough, they were saying that uh, L.A. Fire is hiring and they're like, oh, yeah, you should totally, like, try out to become a firefighter. And I'm like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, I'm, I can't, I can't even, I probably can't even carry the hose empty, let alone with water, like, coming out of it. Are you kidding? And they're like, no, 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 you'll be fine. And you cook. And I was like, right. So what you're saying is and... when I take the test, I'll think I'm actually what? hauling fire hose but there will be three of that particular firehouse behind me pushing the hose along so i pass or think that i can do it so that they can like get me in uh, i think that they were just kind of spinning with the fact that there was like a, a funny chick you know that cooks hanging around mm -hmm. and we're like man this could be fun but uh yeah i i, I lack the physicality for uh, for being in the fire department <laughs> not gonna not gonna lie <laughs> well welcome to episode 80 I think that's yeah. a really good opener for 80. Yeah. And besides a, that story for you, we're well, going to have... inverse problems. <laughs> yes. We're going to have, um, you know, we're going to have some feedback that we, we forgot to mention uh, from readers because we get emails now and then and, and we just keep forgetting to, to read those to you. And um, uh, what else? Yeah, you know, catch up on the last couple weeks. Um, I'm exploring a new hobby, so maybe we'll talk about that. Ooh. And, uh, I actually want to, oh, I wanted to mention in the AMA magazine, besides Christie's, um, lovely little, what do you Well, they this? don't know about that yet, because that's oh. not the part where we started recording. Oh. Um, well, if you follow sure. us on, on, uh, on the Motorific podcast page on Facebook, you will see me say something to the effect of, hey, check out your April issue mm -hmm. of American Motorcyclist, which is the AMA monthly magazine, mm -hmm. because I'm in it. Where's Waldo? Go find me. Yep. And uh, one of our listeners, Quentin, went cruising through his mag and said, I think, are you on the first page? Like, I think that's you, judging by what you guys were talking about in the podcast. And I was like, first page. And I went and looked, and I was like, oh, damn, I'm in there twice. <laughs> that was not the page hope, that hope I was. hope you were paid for both times. <laughs> oh, no, I was paid once for the for the joy of riding uh, an Indian scout for a couple of days in beautiful area and terrain and with good company and good food. But what I think you might be talking about is uh, the pretty awesome helmet article that's in there and i would like yeah, to talk about that next next time yet i'll read yeah, it, I haven't read it either, but yeah but yeah. if you are an ama member you get this magazine on a monthly basis it has uh plenty of interesting stuff in it pertaining to motorcycling local events yeah national uh, people in motorcycling Racing. yeah national events yeah um some articles, some uh, gear reviews and references, as well oh. as all the places that you can get discounts for using mm -hmm. your AMA membership. Yep. So, you know, if we don't already kind of plug this on occasion enough, for like 45 bucks a year, um, you have AMA membership, and that money gives you 15, 20, sometimes uh, larger dollar figures off of 
companies like car rentals, um, Trap, gear, hotels, uh, hotels, um, accessories, all yeah, kinds of stuff. stuff. You can you can basically make your forty five back pretty quick. In addition, that forty five also includes roadside assistance, which is here we go. Honestly, the real reason why I have it, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that I have yes. it because I am supporting an association that is kind of like a political well I mean they do lobby for us thank you AMA lobbies on our behalf in in Congress like the ethanol debate um, you know that's that's still I think a pretty big issue right now and and in a lot of states but also as well as OHV access they're huge 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 into OHV access off-highway vehicle access which is getting restricted because more and more um, more and more politics are going into saving the environment, which um, I, I should be all woo, but yeah. you know there is a certain line. So they, so, they try to help uh, advocate on our behalf for that. So there's actually a breakdown in the AMA magazine about where your $49 membership goes. Oh yeah, no so kidding. So you get the magazine, you get the roadside assistance, which is $104 typically. You do have to do auto and renewal for that. Um, you have the on-loan road and trail guide which is $19, that's included. You get access to the website, that's also included, it's normally $75. Um, Up to 20% off hotels and motels with the Choice Hotels and Red Roof Inn chains. Um, Gear discounts up to 25% off, and that's included. So they say it's like a $450 value for all those things, Um, and you pay 50. Yeah, thereabouts. Yep, yep, yep. There's like, But oh. yes, we will definitely take a look at the helmet article mm-hmm. and uh, and discuss that in episode 81. Wow, they actually have Eagle Rider rental discounts, motorcycle Correct. shipping. Um, we actually used the Eagle Rider renter discount when we were nice. out doing the shoot. Hmm. Because Insurance. it was too short a turnaround and too much of a pain for us to be able to scramble out to the various places that manufacturers have their press lines yeah. and get those oh, bikes. Cena discounts, Tom Tom, a lot of product discounts, warm and mm-hmm. safe, MedJet assist. Ooh, I want to get that. I think that's the helicopter. Yes. Insurance. That was what we talked about last episode. I, I, need to enroll, I need to enroll in that. Yeah. So lots of good stuff in your AMA membership. Go get one. And there's family memberships too. So like I have a primary husband is the family and then it's a little cheaper for the family members so very good really good stuff um you know sign up when you have a chance um as far as gear i i do want to look at this um cool website from the reader email that we got from what's his name who emailed us about um jared that's it we have a listener named Jared, and he runs a uh, website called Go Hivis, and he does um, Hivis reflective decals. And the website is gohiviz.com. And wow, they are really bright. So another resource for super reflective decals for your bike or your motorcycle, from what I can tell. Um, oh, and, and then if you have a design, you can customize your stickers. It looks like, say, you have a personal logo or something, and you want to make a sticker out of it. It looks like you could do that. So you can make motorific mm-hmm. stickers. And the Correct. Re- yeah, and the reflectivity looks really, really bright, like military grade. Um, but he has Yeah, and also stuff. for your helmet or for your bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can put that on either. It looks like free shipping in the U.S. If you click on their catalog, they have a bunch of stock decals like arrows. They have a dragon. They have a... Radioactive. Frame. They have a heart. Oh, they have skull and crossbones. And then, <laughs> yeah, some stuff. But it looks like if you want to make your own, you would email them and, you know, send your design file or whatever. And they'll print you a logo or print you a high-vis decal. Um, so that looks fun. (coughs) (coughs) Ah, sorry. 
crap in my lungs from earlier. Oh, so that looks interesting. I'm all about reflective decals and throwing stuff on my body and my bike. Not my bike so much as my stuff to be mm -hmm. a little bit more, more visible, especially for nighttime riding. So check that out. GoHighVis.com. Yeah, and I mean, if you have panniers, uh, mm. top box, or side cases, yes. in addition to all of your existing sticker bling, you can find something, yeah. um, you know, arrows or, or whatnot on that website that you can just kind of toss in amongst everything else, and that will help you stand out as well. And what's another? We have another email. When did this other email come to us regarding armor? Was that how long? Was that a while? It was a little ago? bit ago. Okay. But uh, I I saw it and didn't mention it to you. And then Brittany and I had dinner the other night, and mm -hmm. she mentioned that CE just upgraded their uh, protection. And I figured now would be a good time to uh, discuss that with you because that would be something that you would know, correct? They now have a CE two. Well, level two. There's always been yeah. a level one and two. Oh, really? That's not new. They I might have changed the classifications for level two armor, but level one and two armor has existed for a while. Um, yeah. But has D3O developed CE2 recently? Not recently. They've had level two armor through Climb. So okay. maybe she's referring to Icon selling level two d3o well, armor yeah they've icon only ever sold one is icon definitely is i thought climbs gear was level one they have both one and oh. two depends what you buy some of the gotcha. stuff comes with two and some of it comes with one um, well so this particular reader question is um was it seems like they're asking about whether or not uh the the level two is something where um, they should go out and upgrade the the current armor that they have. Or he says, are these materials being used in making retrofitted panels for existing jackets and pants? Or do we have to wait and get this with new gear? Well, sadly, I can tell you that some of my favorite jackets... Um, namely, and it's no longer being made, but namely the Legacy Gore-Tex by Revit. That one has the worst pocket for um, back protection. And only that Knox, like, back protector. No, it's, it's... it's not only going to take the Knox. It'll also take Force Field. It'll also take Seasoft. You just have to find the right shapes. Yeah, so and it, the weird shape that they have in there is, is I'm not a It's Force Field. Or it's sea soft. Yeah. So those are the or the two or Nox, but or I can Nox. tell you. But yeah, that's not what a, I have in mind. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. I'll uh, I'll have to take a look um, at what they got. After that, Revit started making more contemporary shape on the back projector. Like they didn't. No, they use um, such weird. They basically bought an armor company called Trionic, mm -hmm. and they're slowly converting all of their gear to take trionic yes. protectors so i can send you a link to the one that fits in that jacket you just okay. have to order it um they just you know since it's an older jacket it's hard to know what protector to put in there yeah but um now, it was a weird shape and then i remember talking to him years ago about how they were trying to go more um universal and i was like that would be great because well, when the jacket to. you buy doesn't come with back protection, and then you have to buy a back protector for every jacket. And I keep thinking to myself, why can't this be universal? Um, not only that, but some of the back protectors always seem like they're a little bit short, or at least the pocket doesn't go as low as it could. So um, when I was communicating that, they were telling me that they were moving their jackets towards a more universal pocket cut and things wouldn't be as difficult as they were. But you were saying that um, that didn't happen and there are still a multitude of shapes or... Yeah, it depends on the company, but I, I'd say that it definitely depends on the brand. So Oppenstars and Dionese, they use a very generic, long, big oval shaped like a, a rectangle with rounded corners. Think of it that mm -hmm. way for all their jackets. 
um, and they might vary a little bit in the height of that protector, like Oppenstar ones are really tall, whereas Dionese ones are a little shorter. Um, and in those two jackets, you can do Alpenstar's Dionese or Climb. You can do the Climb D3O back. You can also do some of the Revit back protectors. And then you can also do Force Field and Knox. Um, but then brands like Revit have now a, a different armor scheme because they bought a comp an armor company. So now all of their back their jackets take sea soft protection. And with the sea soft, they are different sizes depending on the gender and sometimes the size of the jacket. And I'm sure there is some thought behind it and that it wasn't just a random thing. Let's just make it difficult. I'm sure there's a thought behind it and I'm gonna, I'll try to reach out to them and get, get an answer for that. But in, um, at least in the current Revit jackets, if you go to revzilla.com and look at the product on our website, we will specifically tell you what back protector model to buy. And there's a link in the product description. Same with Alpenstar stuff and, and Dionese stuff, but um, it, it can vary. And you know, the brands aren't, are, are not gonna all work together to give you the easiest option. But if you go to a company like Forcefield or Knox, they're gonna make protectors that are shaped for various brands because mm -hmm. a company like Forcefield, they're there to give you armor for everybody. So that's a good way to do it because then you can see what protector they make for your brand. Because I know for a fact they make a protector for Dionese, they make one for Alpine Stars, they make one for Ruka, there's just a few random brands like Olympia or Tourmaster that have very different shapes altogether. Mm -hmm. And you just you either have to you send me an email or you talk to someone at Revzilla or your store and you find out what, what's a recommendation for that jacket. But there's always options because there's so many aftermarket armor options that you can do. Um, you know, my favorite happens to be Force Field. I'm a huge fan and I typically go with them for everything that I can, but with the Revit jackets, especially the newer ones and some of the older ones, with small women's sizes like mine, the protector pockets are small because guess what? I'm small. So mm -hmm. it only makes sense that the protector is tiny. And then, then you need to find a protector that's appropriately sized because you're not going to put a protector from a men's 2XL in a lady's size 2. You know, it's just you're going to have different sizing. So there's lots of options. It's just, and, and on top of the lots of options mm -hmm. to put in your jacket, there's also the option of complete and utter universe universality, if you will. Um, I'll just make that word up, mm -hmm. uh, of wearing the physical back protector by itself underneath the jacket. Um, Dainese does make a, longer version of what normally goes into their jackets which is really short is like the super long one that kind of reminds me of like That's a bug a, that would be your race level one sure you can wear a race yeah. back protector and i've actually i've rode with that just as a as something to borrow for a little bit and i thought you know the... I could totally see myself growing on on wearing this instead of wearing back protection it like in the jacket well the insert in the jacket is more convenient. I mean, let's face sure, it, it's one less thing to wear, but you're not losing back protection by wearing an insert. You're, you're not. You're losing some surface area because a race level back protector goes all the way to your butt bone mm -hmm. and, and purposefully so. But on the street, that's not as comfortable. And really, if you, the downside is if you wear a race level back protector that sticks out and you're wearing it over your pants, Imagine low siding or high siding on that. That's a thing that's sticking out and that might catch on something. Typically you're wearing that under a race suit on the track. So nothing is exposed. You're never vulnerable for that. But to wear a big piece of something that sticks out of your jacket, if that catches on something, that's where you run into trouble if you're tumbling, right? So you never want to sure. wear things that stick out that can catch like a scarf or looses, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. Or any, Check out or the countless photos of me wearing scarves. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, just anything That's that my can weakness. grab something. You know, hard edges on the helmet. Just stuff that you don't want to get in the way of you tumbling because you need to t keep tumbling so that you're not stopping quickly. Um, so I always recommend doing a level two or even a level one back protector that goes inside your jacket and everybody makes something. There's always an option, even mm -hmm. if your jacket doesn't have a pocket. And actually some brands don't put pockets in. And to me, that's a no-no. Then you could have a tailor make a pocket and just sew a pocket. And that's not a major alteration. It's sewing fabric over fabric and then you could buy a protector and put it in. And that's always easy to do too. But um, yeah, there's there's always options and if, Yeah, the only yeah. but I would I would say just because I know I know you know this already, but just in case if someone Sorry. listening thinks, Oh, I can take my favorite leather jacket and slide a, a back protector or some elbow protection. Um, keep in mind that just your standard fashion jacket as Joanne will tie up any loose ends and technicalities that I miss on that is not only a different grade of leather, but the seams are also quite different. And I'm sure there are a couple other things you can add to that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you definitely don't want to take mall leather and put a back protector in it. However, there are many now, now, right now, what's really hot is casual motorcycle gear, uh, but pr protective in that they come with armor. So take, for example, you know, like a Roland Sands um, Maven jacket or the men's Ronin. Those are, they're kind of casual weight depending on which model you get. But a lot of the stuff that looks really cool and doesn't look like motorcycle gear, they have pockets. So that's what gives you the protection that you can add body armor to it. And depending what it is, some are thinner and, than others. Like a, a Ronin is a 1.1 to 1.3 millimeter, I believe. That's Dep pretty good. Depending, It depends it's, on what part of the body, like the armpit is thinner because it's perforated. So that's probably the one one, but then mm -hmm. the chest is, is solid. So that's probably the one three. Um, so in that kind of jacket, yeah, it's definitely stronger than a 0.8 millimeter sheepskin, which is mall. Sure. When you go to the mall and you find a pretty leather jacket for $450 at Macy's, it's 0.7 millimeter goat skin or sheepskin or lambskin because it's super thin and really soft, right? And really comfortable. And that's why it feels so good. And that's why it's probably not going to work very well. But body armor is better than not having any. I mean, mm -hmm. if you, you know, some people and this is just choices that everybody makes some people want to wear the casual stuff and do it great wear whatever you want but know going in that that leather will not really hold up to anything so you've got to have body armor in it so you know that's mm -hmm. where you buy like avika or you buy you know um what are some of the other lighter weight casual there's like a lot of there's stuff a street line with Dainese as well. Dainese has their urban line and they use the lighter weight thin leather as well mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be casual but there's body armor so it's better than wearing it without armor and then at least you have impact protection you just lose some of that durability in terms of abrasion but you know body armor is better than not having any but my, my thought is instead of taking an old jacket and spending 200 or 150 dollars on armor you've just pretty almost you're like more than halfway there to a new jacket to a motorcycle specific jacket with armor in it you know that's pre-curved and it has better stitching and better seam strength it could be a better investment but it's mm -hmm. it's really up to the individual and like what it is they want to upgrade but I, I, it just depends on what exactly it is you're pulling out of the closet yeah, so a very long, long answer to a somewhat interesting question with respect to um, waiting for new jackets to come along mm -hmm. or retrofitting. So in short, the answer to that would be um, there are plenty of options, Force Field and Seasoft, as you mentioned, in order to retrofit your older jackets that may have a particular sized pocket or the option of having a seamstress uh, make a 
pocket to you know accommodate your favorite back protector in your latest jacket um, but keep in mind if someone does start sewing stuff don't let them impact the Gore-Tex if you have a textile jacket that you're doing that because the moment you start putting little pinholes in your Gore-Tex you're basically killing your waterproof protection so yeah watch out now uh, next email. Oh, this says I just saw this one from Maria, and she says, yes. you know, "It was just something little that I saw and was like, oh, we should totally mention that." Joanne was well, a peach and decided to change our image on the Motorific website, which is awesome because, <laughs> you know, we do need to take some new pictures together, but um, the other one was a bit old, and so she very oh, coolly forgot. selected two images of each of us and put our, you know, our, our names on it. And the one that she picked of me is the one where I'm like, woohoo, riding the T-Max 500 going I up totally to totally forgot you were on the T-Max. Yeah, and, and I didn't catch it either. And I was like, where is she getting that from? But basically, uh, Maria, thank you for listening. She says, hi, ladies, keep up the great work and all that you do for women riders. Just curious if Christy traded her moto for a scooter permanently. Joanne, congrats on your job with Brevzilla. Continued success, safe rides on all your adventures. So the answer to your question, Maria, is no, that was just a really cool photo. I don't have a lot of we liberating moments. You certainly won't see them if I'm ever out on a press launch in like a professional capacity. But that was kind of a, um, a one-off motorcycle review going up to the quail uh, gathering last year, I believe. So that was someone who managed to catch me um, having a little fun. What you didn't see was that my, like I had my arm up, but my leg on the other side that you can't see was out. So I had kind of like the staying alive pose a little bit because on a scooter, you just have more flexibility to move your arms and your feet around because really your feet aren't doing anything. So um, at any rate, no, I've, I've still got my BMW unless someone else wants it and the uh, t100 and the two stroke which i will have to buy even more new parts to replace things because the longer it sits the more money i have to put into it so don't get me started it's a huge source of frustration for me but i'm working on it i think we missed this other email it was earlier it was january 5th did we talk about this this guy who's who wrote in about convincing his wife to let him get a bike yeah did we talk about that Okay. We did. I forgot. Um, we had an episode dedicated to that. That's right. So that was probably episode 77 or 75 mm -hmm. around there. I just forgot if we if we talked about that. But I'll update that photo. <laughs> we should update that photo. Send me some. No, 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 no. I like that photo. You sure? I like it. Oh, are you kidding? I love it. <laughs> All right. I love what you did. No, it looks great. Well, I mean, we can use a different photo of you writing. I don't know. No. All right. I haven't taken a new photo in a very long time maybe maybe i'll go out on some press launches i don't know i'm really not not angling for any of that stuff i'm just kind of focusing on work which is really have me kind of balls to the wall if you will at the moment and for the last six months so mm -hmm. um i don't really i don't really have any plans there are tons of things i'd like to do as far as travel and places to go and you know, I have the opportunity if I if I want to hunker down and get stuff going. But to be honest, I still haven't written my article about Morocco. So I'm mm. so behind. I'm behind on, you know, product and gear reviews. <laughs> Morocco, um, I, I never did write anything other than Rajasthan. I didn't go into Bhutan or, or Nepal or any of that. So I've got, like, a huge backlog on creative outlets. And it's embarrassing. So I think um, I'm not going to take on any more new work at the moment until I have that kind of squared away. Well, I don't, the only thing I have planned is the sister's ride, which I'm very excited about. It's the only trip right now I can afford. And that's July. Before that, I'll, I'll, I don't know, I really want to do another week back to uh, West Virginia. But just has to see how much money I will have for that. I'm trying um, to get my friend Mackenzie to uh, to jump in on that. Mm, she yes. is, I want to say, relatively new rider, but we need to catch up. I haven't seen her since high school. Um, but mm. uh, we, we kind of found each other through mutual friends on Facebook, and she rides a Vespa. 
and she Good has point. jumped on a couple of her uh, her husband's uh, motorcycles because he used to be a French, uh, well, not a French racer. I think he's Greek, but uh, used to race in France a long time ago and is a bit of a collector for vintage Italian. And um, we have mentioned the ride, and she was like, wow, that sounds like fun. I'm totally in. And so I, mm-hmm. I think I need to reach out, catch up, and see how in is in. Yeah, because if she does the fully guided portion, she's going to have a lot of really great help along the way. So oh, yeah. it's not an advanced ride by any means. And I told her if she needed to do it on a Vespa and I wasn't tied in with any other brand or any other opportunity that I would totally reach out to Vespa and be like, hook me up. <laughs> we'll do we'll both do it on Vespas. Sure. I mean, you don't have to do it on a motorcycle. Absolutely. Um, however, you need to get on one large enough to keep up, you know, on the freeway. Oh, but um, I wanted to mention this. Have you seen these California Scooter Co. adventure bikes? These the low displacement. It's like a three hundred cc single. Oh, cylinder. CSC. Yeah. Okay. I never knew that that was actually what it stood for until you just forwarded this to me. <laughs> I just know them as CSC motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a couple grand. Mm-hmm. It's like three or four something like that it's it's even really less affordable they had like a pre-order that yes. was maybe 2500 for their dual sport version or something it was yes amazing and it's basically they came out with this great little 300 cc single cylinder it looks like a mini f600 f650 you know it's a smaller lighter adventure bike and you can pre-order them uh, they posted an update this week that the EPA released the bikes from their temporary hold and I guess they have to review and you know you have to get approval from the EPA um, mm-hmm. and so it looks like they should be arriving to their pre-ordered customers sooner than later so that looks like this year by the end of the year I mean well before then maybe I mean beginning of summer really hopefully more people can get their hands on these things my coworker is going to buy one Oh really? Uh, yeah, Rania. She's gonna get one, and um, I mean, which one is she getting? She's because gonna of... get one of these. The you know, I don't know which. I don't know what models. Because they, they have, have but... something called an RC three, mm-hmm. which is a sport bike. Oh, she's getting the the RX three, the adventure adventure bike. Okay, and then they mm-hmm. have a TT two fifty, which is kind of like a TTR two thirty, if you will. Um, looks a little bit like the Zero Electric. The RX3 looks a little like a GS, yes, baby GS. That one. Yep, she's getting the GS, the little mini GS one, because um, she wants to do some dual sport riding. And she said that basically they give you all the, you know, the service manuals. You can access all the mechanical info about the bike, and a lot of the parts could be cross compatible. I think with Suzuki's and Cowie and Honda. So, hmm. getting filters, oil, all that sort of thing. It's not like you have to contact some company in China to get this stuff. That everything is is cross-compatible, and there's even luggage options for it. So it looks like they're trying to really make a bike that'll be universally, um, you know, available in terms of parts and accessories. And, you know, even working on it seems pretty, pretty easy as well, because it's a single-cylinder, I believe, 300. Yeah. Um, T- so- the TT250 is 2500 bucks, 250cc. What style of bike is that? Is that a standard? Singer cil- uh, that's the one that looks like um, a TTR230, basically. Oh. It's it's a street version of like a dual sport. It's upright. Oh, oh okay. So not adventure, but more like an, a, no. a street legal dirt bike. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It has the look of it, the ergonomics the, um, of one. Yeah, the RX3 um, Cyclone. And, 229 cc's. So just under 250. Nice. Um, 13 foot-pounds of torque at 55 RPM. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, not the most powerful bike, but hey, you know, of course. You're, if you're off, you're doing back road riding, you're doing on and Carbureted off. also. This is like really the perfect kind of dual sport bike. Like for me, I'd, I'd get something like this. Um, Carbureted, electric, and kick. Nice. Single disc brakes in front and rear. And this is the RX-3. This is the TT250. Ah, that's the TT250. Okay. I'm uh, going to look for the RX3 right now. I'm looking at the Seat RX3. Seat height, 34 inches. Interesting. Interesting. It's fuel injected, and it has um, 
an electronics system. It has an electric start. It's a four valve overhead cam, uh, water cooled. Um, and the standard equipment it comes with is a tall screen, adjustable suspension, panniers, and a top case, dual sport tires, engine guards, skid plate, and some other accessories for you to go uh, on and off road. So it's mm. like ready to go for adventure touring. Now you don't have to throw more money into it to kind of get the basics on there. And I think that's pretty killer. And I, I mean, I would hope that by now, you know, BMW or Suzuki would have come out with something like this, you know, like a, a little mini B, a little mini Wiestrom, you know, or um, BMW does have that bike that they mm. pre-released in Brazil or those no. photos came up. Here. That's like the latter part of 2016 that yeah. most of their bikes are going to hit. Um, the, uh, the sport bike version of this motorcycle, their variation, the RC3 mm -hmm. is based on that same RX3 engine. If you want to pre-order it, it is available for $2,900. The fixed price after it arrives, like, you know, after pre-order passes is $3,500. So you save quite a bit, actually, you when you pre-order. Pre Probably because the more they ship into this country, the easier it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and for the RX3, yeah, just deposit. And then... 300 flat shipping. Anywhere in the U.S. Yeah, that's that's great. Free shipping. Better than destination, you know, because destination charges that you usually spend money on mm -hmm. at um, at the dealership level are just the bike going to the dealership, not showing up at your house. Mm -hmm. um, the yeah. RC3 will be delivered to your doorstep, completely assembled and ready to ride. Okay. Tempting. Dry weight of 335, fuel injected. Very tempting. Over 90 miles per hour, top speed. It's uh, it's pretty fast for a 250. Well, the RX3 says top mile, top speed of 84. I'm guessing that's without your luggage all weighing everything, yeah. max capacity. But um, it looks great. I I hope I see it before, um, or sooner than later. If she gets her hands on it soon, then I'll definitely take some pictures of it, and then get her her thoughts on it. But it looks like a great little adventure bike. Yeah, they're local to me, actually. Mm -hmm. Just check it, check it out. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Well, I mean, that's potential sisters' ride sponsor for at least uh, if I wanted if I wanted to convince Mackenzie to get on a low displacement uh, motorcycle instead of a scooter. There you go. Get a couple of those going to sisters' ride. Yeah, that's got to be pretty lightweight too. I mean, you know, a two. Yeah, it's just over three hundred pounds on yeah. most of those. Yeah, it's got to. It's so light and so much more comfortable. It mm -hmm. just seems like, but, um, oh, it's a great, it's a great way to, to get a, a nice starter adventure bike without going all in on something really heavy, um, you know, that you have to, to lower. What else? I think we had all of our, I'm going to see Elisa on Wednesday, by the way. You are? What are you mm -hmm. going to do? I want to come. I am going to drive up after work. We're going to drink some beer and talk oh. about the sister's ride. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> Girl time. I am in the wrong coast. Kind of. Yeah, um, which was what it was last week with Brittany. She's like, hey, I'm in town. Come out and have a drink with me. I so I went out, had a drink. And then um, Wait, what and she, she was like, now? oh, I've relocated to Marietta. And Georgia? I was like, okay. No, 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 no. Wait, where? Marietta in Southern California. It's like Corona, like oh. inland. Okay. And instead of San Diego was where she was before. Got it. And she said that she was going to go all the way back home and then come all the way back out for like a dealer uh, presentation. I'm like, well, I'll just stay over at my house. Well, I don't have any clothes. Well, we can wash your undergarments and we can go shopping at Target right now. <laughs> <laughs> so basically we jumped in the car, uh, went back to my place, nice. uh, drove up to Target, and she found me. Uh, just happened to go, man, I, I really like this. I wish they had it in my size. And I was like, ooh, that's my size. So I, literally I came home with like a bunch of clothes. <laughs> and she nice. came home with some stuff. And mm. next morning uh, I made her a nice green smoothie and coffee. And I was the best girlfriend ever. And uh, off she went. And so, yeah, it was fun. Nice. Very nice. Love it when my girlfriends pass through. Yeah, someday I will try to pass through. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that our friend Robin passes through on her way back Robin. from Baja. She's in Baja for a couple weeks, and then she's coming back up through Southern California. Hopefully, uh, um, get together with her and Brittany, and we can hang out. Maybe, uh, maybe record another adventure series podcast. But I don't want to get your hopes up by promising another interview series since it's been a long time since the last oh, one. Don't worry about it. Don't put pressure on yourself for that. No, oh, I'm not putting pressure on anything. We'll, we'll end up having we'll end up putting this mic on like omnidirectional and have a bunch of wine and beers and talk about stuff and probably record it and then just maybe beep out anything that that surreptitiously comes out of the mouth that shouldn't. But uh, yeah, I anticipate that. So that's going to be like so that'll be a lot of fun. I'm hoping to be around for that. I'm also still working on. I haven't finalized it yet because I'm waiting on one person because they were involved with bike week and they haven't established what their April looks like. And I would really like to have them. Uh, I would really like to include my visit to Atlanta to include seeing him briefly. So I'm still planning on going out to Atlanta roughly the 7th to the 12th. Um, I will be there for the Atlanta film festival. There are a couple of documentaries that the Atlanta Film Festival has that are, are of real interest to me. Um, one of which was uh, the, I'm sure you saw it somewhere at some point on the internet about the five women in Palestine who race cars. Hmm. And of course, that's not something that you do as a female in Palestine. And so they're great role models. They did a documentary about um, how it's changed their life, how their family deals with it, all kinds of the cultural um, kind of baggage, if you will, that goes with having um, doing something that isn't acceptable where you live. So there's that documentary that I really wanted to see. And then there's also another documentary about a woman who owns her own taxi company in India. Hmm. She's like the first female taxi driver let alone woman that owns a a taxi company so both of those were very interesting to me i'm hoping to catch them i think that's like april 7th and 8th and then at some point that weekend i will connect with a local dealer and do a couple of presentations um probably one of which would be on traveling alone so not even motorcycling trying to reach out to people who you know, may not be interested in, in motorcycling just yet, but would be interested in traveling. Travel, yeah. So the the different uh, stuff you go through, like mentally, emotionally, through traveling alone, and then as well as doing a discussion about traveling abroad on motorcycle. So that would probably be like a, a combination of all the different places that I've been. So I'll keep you guys up to date on where that is. But for now, just know that I'm shooting for the 7th through the 12th of April. And probably it would be like Sunday night or Monday night um, of that time frame that I would want to do a presentation locally. I also wanted to mention something else I saw in the AMA magazine was a interview with Sean Davidson. She's 21. She lives in... Port Elizabeth, New Jersey. She is the 2015 AMA National Enduro Women's Class Champion. Woo! Nice. She's a K- looks like she's a KTM sponsored rider, um, and she's so young. She's only 21, and she races enduro and hair scrambles. Ooh, those are super hard. I know, and she's so young. It's so great. So just a great. 21 little... isn't even. I mean, there are people younger than that that are kicking ass and taking names just puts all the rest of us old farts to shame i don't know so it's a great article uh, interview here with her um, that's awesome like halfway through the magazine so congratulations to you Ms. davidson that's really praise cool. to those who start young i know right and, wow and just bunch yeah just kicking ass really it's fantastic she's raced in the AMA national enduro championship series the amsoil grand national cross country series as well, and she rides a 2016 KTM 250 XCF. Very awesome. cool. 
Yeah, and the bike looks more than half as tall as... Oh, it's on a stand. But it is a 250 XCF, and those suckers are tall. Yeah, they're pretty tall. Yeah, crazy tall. So good for you. I think that's pretty exciting. Oh, I think that's all I got. I'm tired. <laughs> Daylight savings is today. Lost an hour. Got up earlier. Oh, that's right. Went out. I was up later than I thought. See, I looked at the microwave and the, um, you just reminded me. <laughs> I looked at the, the microwave and the, um, oven for the time. And I was like, wow, it's not that early or not that late. And not realizing, of course, I've been going by my phone all day long. So mm -hmm. then it, it just kind of, I lost the hour in my head sometime this morning. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, now I need to go back and change those so that I don't freak out. Yes, don't forget to change your ovens. I see them later. Your non-Wi-Fi enabled devices. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we thank you for joining us for 80. We're sorry it wasn't Ooh as long as you might have wanted it to be. As always, please visit us on Motorific.com or on Facebook at Motorific Podcast. And, uh, you know, ooh, ooh, send ooh, us ooh. things. Yes. And, and if you like what you hear... I. And and we'll take constructive criticism too. Although we wish that yes. you would direct your constructive criticism to our our website feedback or individually to either of us through any number of our social media channels. But we would love it if you went and dropped us a, a positive review over at our uh, iTunes mm. um, uh, iTunes download area. It's like what. Uh, iTunes.com Motorific Podcast, something like that. When you go to look for uh, the Motorific yes, Podcast on iTunes, they give you a it. place to put a review. So we yes. haven't had one of those in a little while. Yes. So we would love it if you took the opportunity to uh, drop yes. down a couple of stars and say a couple of lovely words. Yes, thank you. Always appreciate feedback, good and bad. Mm hmm. Yeah, just, you know always hope they run the bad feedback to us like individually and give us a chance to like make it better before they put it out in the wind. <laughs> no, they don't, but we will, you know, we trust feedback. Whoever gives it to us that, you know, it's honest. So good or bad, yeah. you know, that's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Some of those comments, it's like, well, you know, not everybody's going to love us. We no. know that. Mm -mm. <laughs> and that's fine. Life. Like, you know, exactly. Like, everyone's a little bit different and I, you know, I, for example, I don't know how many people would be excited to know that I went and shot handguns today. And, Ooh. And uh, that I own I a lot. I miss shooting paper. I love shooting paper. Mm -hmm. And I really want to get better at it, shooting paper, um, mm -hmm. because they have competitions out here. Oh, nice. Yeah, with like, you know, different target shooting and obstacle kind of course shooting, uh, like timed and stuff. And they do competitions all the time not in philly but like you go out like an hour out into the burbs and there's uh there's like a really cool um place about an hour from here and they have classes and they have training and they have yeah they have different courses and things and so i was just something you know to look at. i can't remember what the name of the event is i want to say it's like two it's like two stage and i think you could do it on an olympic level but it was like Maybe. cross-country skiing with shooting Oh yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, there's, that's, there's. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. That's uh, yes, in the Winter Olympics. That is, is that decathlon? Yeah, um, I was actually thinking decathlon in my head, but I'm like, God, that sounds like running. No, <laughs> not decathlon. But I think it is. Uh, I know what you're talking about. But um, yeah, that had always intrigued me, and, and I was like, well, if I was more of a go-getter as a kid, like, I honestly didn't want to pick up a firearm, and I wasn't ready to pick one up, didn't want to do it until, like, maybe my either. early 30s. You know, when we were shooting today, because we, I went with two friends, another couple, um, Kim, who I've talked about, she's one who rides the Motoguzzi V7, mm -hmm. and then her hubby. And they're just getting into it because we showed them our collection. They're like, oh, this looks fun. And, you know, mm -hmm. so we took them to the range a few times ago. And we've gone like three times. Biathlon. <sighs> Biathlon. See, I knew it was like two. Yeah, it's yeah. two. Cross so country and rifle shooting. Like, decathlon sounds like more. Too many. That's ten. <laughs> yeah. No, that's too many. Um, biathlon. But, um, yeah, you know, I found that 
when you talk about handguns or you just talk about shooting them, that there's there's a lot of parallels to motorcycling because one, it's a predominantly male dominated activity. It's very male male centric, but women are a fast growing segment in shooting. And and there's a lot of new products out there for women, like pink handguns. Um, uh. But like other yeah, accessories those. now and products for women, like concealed carry holsters that work on a woman, you know, for a woman or purses with pockets to, you know, just random accessories and things like that that are coming out. And there's See, a lot. See, my concealed carry hol holster looks a lot like a garter. See, I never <laughs> would have thought that you'd have a concealed I'm, carry holster. But anyway. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. That would have to be a really tight garter to hold up a weapon. <laughs> well, and it'd be a really tiny handgun. Um, yeah. But, you know, when we're, when my, she and I are talking about just different gun sizes and, you know, getting comfortable, that there are so many parallels to, to shooting and learning to ride. Because mm -hmm. with learning to ride, you need to start on the right bike. If you start on the mm -hmm. wrong bike, you'll hate <laughs> it, you'll fail, you'll drop it you'll yeah, be frustrated shotgun, <laughs> yes uh but you you know there's a lot of um like factors to think about you know and and things like you know hand grips and just really like technique and how when you start on a tiny a smaller gun like a 22 it's like a bb gun it's that easy sure. and light and you get really you good, good at it it's like, do you want it for protection or enjoyment, or do you want it for long distance touring or short hops? Yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> and see, and the right protection choice would be not a twenty-two, right. unless you're really good at what you do. Right. Um, and you know, different engine sizes for uh, for yes. different uh, desires. Yeah, exactly. No, I can totally see the parallel. Right, and like because we have doesn't appeal to everyone. Yes, can be a little bit controversial. Yes. <laughs> Right. And exactly. And I'm sure right now someone is out there going, I cannot believe that you guys are comparing those two as if. Oh, but there, um, there really are a lot of comparisons. I mean, yeah. as I've learned um, how to operate them and shoot them at the little red target in the middle, you know, I've learned a lot about technique versus um, just really handling. And as I've gotten better on the smaller, lighter one, the easy 22 i've gotten better at handling the much larger heavier you know glock that we have and hmm. it there's really a lot of similarities in that i think that struggle and getting better and then showing her like hey try this you know and then and then try that and you know you'll be unhappy trying to shoot this big glock but then when you go to shoot a little 22 it's it's like a bb gun and after a little while you you know, you didn't, it's, it's no big thing. And, um, there's actually a really great blog out there, um, called <sighs> truthaboutguns.com, I believe. And, um, hmm. it's really kind of similar in terms of the content in that it's, they talk, they talk a lot about the issues that a lot of women writers kind of experience in terms of, you know, male dominated, um, environment, lack of access to accessories and products for women, that sort of thing, stereotypes, that kind of thing. Um, but there's a lot of um, a lot of similarity there, and maybe that's why I'm I'm liking it more. I don't know. It's it's fun though, shooting that little red circle. It's so satisfying. Like, yeah, to me that's the original <laughs> video game, shooting paper. Paper, and they even have these little target games where it's a golf course. And you have mm -hmm. to shoot at the, yeah, they like. The hole in one. Yes, they'll mark the par, one, two, and three. Okay. And you take turns and you have to hit the target at the right points. And then the person with the lowest point score wins to get closer. And they had another one where you're racing cars. So there's little dots that follow on a track and you take turns shooting and you have to hit your marks to in the first person to get to the race the end of the finish line wins that's all on a paper target so it's you know totally totally unrelated well no actually <laughs> it's related to both motorcycling and firearms mm -hmm. um there is video of keanu reeves 
going yes. through a course that is floating around right now. Oh, and God. I think it might be old. I don't know if it's, it's newer. I don't know if it's recent, but I mean, judging by like the scruff, that is how he has looked in the last like, you know, year that I've I think that's current. seen him pop up on um, mm -hmm. motorcycle reviews for his uh, arch motorcycle company. But mm -hmm. he, he is amazing yes. in that course. Like, yes. wow. Just, yes. wow. He's uh, training for John Wick 2. And if you haven't seen John Wick oh, 1... Okay, so that's why that is. Yes. I didn't know the reason for it. I just thought he was... Have you seen John going Wick out 1? Doing that. It's like, wow. You haven't no, seen the movie? No. It is so good. It's so really? good. Just okay. outstanding good. If you like dark, kind of violent movies. If you're not into that, then no, you will hate it. But if you like action, diehard shooting action violence i'm really into that it's kind of dark how jazzed you are is almost a little bit disturbing it's so um, good we will try to look for that video <laughs> link like, we'll and post it on our show notes well you know and he's easy on the eyes so that helps um but he's basically dressed to the nines in this movie in a three-piece suit the entire time and he's just shooting like he's an outlaw it's pretty crazy but Yes, we will link it for you. <laughs> and a link to the movie trailer. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm, I, ho I hope we, we probably lost a few listeners there. I'm sorry. But I'm not going to apologize for enjoying a new activity and a new hobby, which I think is really fun. And, and I bet a lot of you out there also enjoy both of these activities. Um, so, you know, write, write in. Tell us what you think. Give us all your good and bad visit us online in the meantime and we will see you in a, hopefully in a couple weeks for 81 so thanks see you then bye